Miss Ross. Ross, 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 Ross. All right. Welcome, everyone, back to the Ross Review. This is episode 13 of the pod. I'm joined today by Doss and by Ross. Welcome, Doss, and welcome, Ross. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin, and uh, welcome to all the, our listeners out there. And um, also, hello, Ross. How are you? Great. Thank you very much, David. Good to see you, Caitlin and Doss. Um, once again, David, some of your finest work. I don't know how you produce it week in, week out, um, but you sung that quite well. Thank you, Reese. Thank you. All right. Good to have you both on, boys. Let's get straight into it. Let's have a little bit of a review on the round and what happened. So I'll go through the results here. First one was Shano against Rod. He won by a narrow margin of just 10 points. And Shano's made quite a little run home. I remember he was actually around eighth spot and didn't even wasn't even sure if he was going to make finals. And now he's sitting in fourth and it looks like he's going to stay there. So he's made the top four. So Shane has made quite the, the run home. Old Shagger. Hey, good on you, Shane. Well done, mate. Good on, Shane. I'm really impressed with that. I am too. He's clearly one of the one of the blokes that just sits there, waits every week for the pod to come out, and then takes the advice on board. He doesn't comment too much on the pod, but uh, he's just quietly taking our advice on board. So that's good to see. Well done, Shagger. Shagger's a bit like the Sydney Swans of the comp. All of a sudden, he's in contention to actually win. He's come from nowhere to be uh, one of the one of the big dogs of the comp. Unlike Chunter. Does, doesn't go out there and say he's that good either, David. That's, that's the main thing. It's quietly in the in the wings, and when he sees an opportunity, he pounces. Yep. That's right. Good on him. Good on him. The next match we had Doss up against Butcher. Got the job done quite easily by over 200 points. So well done, Doss. Yeah, thanks, Carol. And that was pretty easy. I didn't even make any trades, even though I had injuries. But, uh, you know, to, to be Butcher... You don't really have to do much. You just have to play a little bit better than average and uh, you get the bickies. So, yeah, I knew, I knew I'd beat him with no trades. So, bad luck, Butcher. Keep trying, mate. Yep. And then next up we had, this is a surprising result. I don't know if many were picking this, but uh, Chunter actually got up over Charlie by about 100 points as well. So, that has mathematically kept him in contention for making the finals, but he's going to have a lot of work to do when he plays Rod this week. He's going to have to play win by a pretty big margin if he's any chance, and we might talk about that in detail a bit later. But what do you two guys think of that result? Were you expecting that over Charlie? Uh, too little, too late, Caelan. Too little, too late. You know, you, you can't call yourself a big dog and then start winding up when you two two rounds out from the uh, finals. So... Um, Maybe a surprising result, but I guess Charlie's just thinking, well, I don't really have to do too much. I'm already in the final, so let's just consolidate and see how, how the week goes, and I can trade next week. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Charlie's now in third. Charlie would have had a, a chance to, I think, finish in the top two, but I don't think it really matters. He's uh, still going to finish inside the top four, so Charlie was probably holding on to the trades, but it still is a bit surprising that Chanty got the, got the win there. And Chunter's final hopes are briefly alive. So let's see what he can do against Rod this week. He's only 3%. If anything, if anything I like it that his finals hopes are still alive because it, it means that even though he won't say anything, he'll be watching intently this week and can't wait for his um, finals ambitions to be dashed again. Well, if Chunter yeah. can actually get up and beat Rod this week and then make the finals and then go on to win the comp, 
wouldn't that be something? That would be that would be an absolute miracle, and we'd have to give credit to Chanta if that happens. We would. If have that to. happens, be... David, I will I will delete everyone's number and I will leave every group. <laughs> I will never speak. I will never speak to any of you ever again. That will be it. <laughs> never hear from Ross again. He'll be off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like I would like to see it happen just to see how Chanta takes it. I would like to see it happen. That'd be huge. That'd be bigger than the doggies in 2016 if he managed to come back and do that. That'd be a gargantuan effort. Way bigger. <laughs> All right. Next up, we had uh, me up against Ross. I got the job done against Ross. I think Ross was uh, had a few mistakes with his captain and, and whatnot. I also had a few players out, though. Mills had last-minute isolation had to deal with, but uh, yeah, in the end, got the job done against you there, Reese. So yeah, I didn't really bother game. too much this week, Kalen. I know I'm going to make finals. And when you're in the luxury of making finals, you don't have to trade. So it wasn't really any anything to gain from beating you. Um, no cartons on the line or anything like that. So, yeah, I was just happy to play it out. Okay, that's fair enough. Then last up was Joel against the buyer that was Bailey. So just smashed him upping his percentage. But I don't think it's going to make much difference in the table. Joel has... Turned himself into the finals this year after missing out last year. So well done to Joel on making the finals this year. I think that's a credit to the um, the podcast, Callan, too. Um, Joel it was is. pretty terrible last year. And since he started listening, he's performing. True that. All right. Now, as we'd like to, let's have a little bit of a look at the battle of Cunnington versus Amon. So uh, Cunnington just uh, didn't play on the weekend. He uh, was managed. And it looks like it's going to be managed again this weekend um, or while he's staying with family or whatever the reason is, is choosing family when the Roos have to tour, I think, which is uh, understandable, but it's going to hurt Doss potentially and his um, bet with uh, Butcher. So I've tallied up the scores so far since they both made the bet. And so far, Cunnington has scored a total of 1,049 points since that time for an average of 116.55 per game. Amon has now scored 902 points in total. Average-wise, he's played one more game, so he's only on 90.2 average, so quite a bit lower than uh, Cunnington. But if Amon is able to score uh, 148 or higher this week, he will actually take the lead in terms of total overall score against Cunnington, which is very possible against the Pies, and Amon is a gun. So are you a bit worried there, Doss? Not really, unless... I mean, if if Cunnington misses one more game and then comes back and uh, has four games against Amon's four games, Cunnington will win. It just depends how long Cunnington's out for and how many games Cunnington misses. Um, and look, if I lose this bet, I'm not too worried because I've got two cartons riding on Carlton. One, um, sorry, on um, Sydney. Sydney to finish over higher than Carlton and Sydney to make the eight. So Reese will pay me, but Chunter probably won't pay me. So I'll end up finishing even, so... Butcher will get his cart and I'll get my cart and Chanta won't pay anything. So I'm not too worried. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, enough. I was thinking I was going, I was thinking I was going to have three cartons though. And uh, that, that might've turned me into a bit of an alcoholic. So yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I, I am worried for my super coach team though. I really need Cunnington back in there because he was one of my key players in that midfield. And if he misses finals, I'm going to be in some trouble. Oh, well, yes. let's face it, David, three cartons is going to make you an alcoholic. Because, um, Oh, you pretty much already are. 
Anyway, but nonetheless, <laughs> how good is the shrewd betting on David? Because, oh, sorry, on, on Butcher, because hey, everyone knows that Cunnington is a family man and everyone knows that COVID was about to hit. So uh, I think that's a hats off to Dave, uh, Butcher because he, he knew this was going to happen. And um, if, if Amon actually gets up, that's, that's, uh, that probably deserves a, a double carton, I reckon. Still yeah, a big hit, though. I don't know why. I don't know it's a double card, and we still made the same bet. But uh, it's still a huge if. I, I still what is think it, I, is it? Is it total average or is it total points? Total uh, points. We'll have, we'll have to look total back points. and listen on it. I'd like to it think it's total, total, total points. It was total points since that round, and um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Cunnington will still finish higher once he comes back playing again. He's, he's still, still five more rounds in the comp, and even if he misses one, Amos not going to score 140 this week. They want to be lucky to get 100. Cunnington will still have a 40-point lead, and you'll be back playing four more games. So Cunnington will win easily. What if I'm he misses another game? If he keeps missing games, yeah, obviously Amon will win, but that's just that's just how bets work. You know, you don't win every single bet you put on, Reese. As long as yeah, I win two and lose one, I'm happy. I think Butcher just was looking forward to this. He knew that, as Reese said, Cunnington's a family man, a bit older, you know, he might get managed here and there, was can't. Carl Amon, he's probably not married as far as I know. He's just a young young lad, single lad, young, dumb, full of calm, and he's just playing every game, just going out there, not getting injured, not getting managed. So Butcher knew this and uh, backed him in. So well done, Butcher. It's uh, getting a close race here, so it's good to see. I know what you're all saying, well done to Butcher. He's still 140 points down. He won't be after this weekend, though. Yeah, but it's still not well done yet. Cunnington's still a favourite to win. I'm still think, I still think Cunnington will win. I think we should be yeah. saying well done to Butcher if if Amon actually wins. Like what are we saying well done to Butcher for getting close? Yeah, I think that's as good as Butcher can hope for a well done for getting close. So that's why we're just trying to encourage him, you know. <laughs> so he makes more. We just want him to make more bets like that in future, Doss. We don't want him to feel too too bad because then we won't better get money out or slabs out of him in the future. <laughs> I think Butcher's better than that. We should we should be, we should, I think Butcher is he should get a well done once he wins because. Giving him well done just for getting close. That's a bit of an um, underachievement from Butcher. It's like yeah, you're putting him down a bit. Right? Yeah, we don't want to patronise him with that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to a few of the talking points for today then. Uh, so big news over the weekend was a few players missed out due to isolation. So Toby Green, Callum Mills are a couple of the ones out of the GWS first Sydney game. But now we've heard of a few more. Uh, those two players have to isolate it for another week again, I believe, but also a couple more have gone on the list. So Marshall is one of those. He was a popular trade-in target in the forward line, who I brought in and a few others probably did too. He's going to miss a week. Dunkley as well. Probably not many people have Dunkley now because he's too expensive, but if people were thinking of getting him in um, or waiting for his price to drop, which I was, if he played another game, um, it's not good for that. Uh, Whitfield, we don't know if he's going to miss another week with concussion. So there's a, there's a few players out this week. And then we had a few injuries as well. We had Dusty, Langford still injured. So quite a few injured and missing players this week. So players are going to be hurting in this last round leading up to the finals. Do you have any of those, Doss? Um, yeah, you forgot to mention Josh Kelly as well. So he's touch and go for this week. Um, mm. He cost me big time last year, I remember. He got injured just before the finals. Um, same, thing, same thing pretty much. He went off halfway through the game. He was on a big score, went off halfway through the game and then that got me rolled in the finals last year. So he's one that I'm probably not going to get next year. I'm saying that he might get up this week, but there's a big maybe. And um, yeah, I've got Whitfield as well. 
I've got Dusty, of course, um, and obviously Cunnington. So, you know, all these injuries that are happening at the wrong time of the year, but that's that's what happens with Supercoach. You, you can't really avoid it. You've got to, that's why you got to hold your trades. Yeah, so, I read about Cali today and they did come out and say that Scan showed no serious damage. So they hopefully will play this week, but he is still a test. So yeah, he's a chance he'll miss. But if he is a one yeah. week, I've got him too, and I'll be holding if it's just a one weaker, even if they do rest him just to be to be safe. Um, so it's good yeah. that he didn't have that syndesmosis as a lot of players suffer from these days. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of others out Didn't this we week just as call well. that like an ankle injury back in our day? Like, what is syndesmosis? Like, isn't it just a rolled ankle? I think it's just a rolled ankle. It's just getting a bit more fancy these days, and <laughs> want to protect players yeah. a bit more. It seems like. Yeah, I think if they if they damage their um, d- damage their uh, tendons and stuff in the ankle, then they're out. They're obviously, they need to get them. They need to get surgery. But if it's just a rolled ankle with no tendon damage, then they're all right. I heard a couple of the commentators. Can't remember who it was. It was Dark or it was Demi Brown or someone. This said back in the day when they were playing, everyone had like single every single player had to strap their ankles on the team. But these days. They don't have to, and hardly any players strap their ankles before the game unless they've already got a problem. So they said back in the day, they never used to have these problems. Don't know if it's just these old blokes saying, you know, back in my day, there were no none of these injuries or what. But it's an interest, interesting point. I thought I never strapped yeah. my ankles when I played, but he said back in the eighties or so, everyone, every single player had to strap their ankles. It was like a club Good policy. Point. How do you boys feel about strapping ankles? I know that um, I have one. Well. Back in my day. Um, but yeah, I, I hated wearing it. I couldn't kick properly. I just didn't feel right. And I was more happy to not have uh, ankle strapping and just go out there and guts it out and you know, play nonetheless. But um, when I spoke to Liam Anthony not long ago, he said at North Melbourne, they all had to strap their ankles regardless. And he hated it as well. So I don't know. I don't know what the, the outcome could be with it, but. If it affects your playing, I would think you don't do it. Yeah. I think as you get older, it's more important to strap your ankle because the footy boots just have no protection. They're so um, they're so not good for when you're running around and changing directions and stuff like that. So I think once you've done an ankle once, I think you have no choice but to strap it. Otherwise, you're just going to keep uh, doing it over and over again. I started wearing I started wearing running shoes as I got older because the footy boots could just offer no support at all. But yeah, I think Adidas, Adidas came out with those boots. I think they were designed more for rugby, but a lot of the like the Queenslanders and stuff started wearing them. Those ASICs, they were like pretty much running shoes with spikes on them. They're like kind of like grass caps. And yeah. um, they started playing a lot better, whereas like a lot of the Melbourne players were still going with the long stubs, um, which don't give you that much support, really. Yeah. I guess it's all right if you're 19, 20, but when you get older, once you get above 30. Yeah, I never enjoyed wearing it. I've got the ones that protect your ankle a bit more. They've got a little bit of support, the ones that go up a bit higher, the elastic bit, but yeah, I normally don't like wearing strapping. But anyway, we digress a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some budget options. So say Josh Kelly, say it does somehow come out, he's a, needs to be traded, traded, he's a bit longer, or you've got some other or you just need a mid-trade in target if you need to finish off your midfield anyway. Um, got a few budget mid-options here to talk about. A few of these are actually pretty good value, I reckon. So let's talk about a few of these. First on the list, I've got Cam Guthrie. He's actually only 483K right now. He was one of the hot 
um, targets at the start of the year at 600K plus, but he's actually only 483K right now and he's averaging about 110. So I reckon he's quite good value. There's also Boak. Boak is only 510K. Fife is only 467K, if you can believe that. Um, there's Carl Amon as well, who's another fantastic option at 472K. So what do you think of those, those four options? They're all five uh, four options at 500 around 500k or lower what do you reckon Reese? yeah quite like all of them Amon, yeah probably be a little bit wary of um mostly because butchers picked him so i wouldn't go that way but yeah i reckon five i've been looking at five for a little while now and i think he's i know he hasn't been playing Great, he may be carrying an injury like a shoulder injury or something like that. But you know, he can come out with a 130 or something like that and just blitz it. So, like, if if you were coming up, I know David said this the other week, if you were coming up against a Fife and you had a let's say a Patrick Cripps, well, you know, I'd probably be banking on Fife doing well. So, um. I don't know. It's pretty tough. If you get to a primo, I would go for a primo, but and forego like a, a primo forward and go for a rookie forward. I'd do that, but um, yeah, I think they're all pretty good except for Amon. What about you, Doss? Yeah, I think Five's injured, isn't he? I think Five got injured on the weekend. Oh, did he? Shoulder? I think he did a shoulder. Yeah, did his shoulder a few weeks ago, and he's been playing with it still. I think, he did, sure, yeah. I think he did another injury. I'm not sure if it was shoulder, a shoulder, but I'm pretty sure he went. He got subbed out of the game last week. He only scored 75. Oh, yeah, yeah I, reckon, I reckon he's injured. So you could write him off if he is. But, uh, yeah, I, I reckon um, the best the best value is Guthrie, I reckon, 480. He's the one that is most consistent and the one that's the most reliable to get over 100, I reckon. He has had one bad game recently. Where he got, I think he got 40 one game, and that's why his price is so low. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure what happened in that 40 game. He's, he went, uh, yeah, he's three rounds ago, round 16, he only scored 40. Well, one that I also want to chuck in that mix too, Kalen, who probably doesn't go like massively huge, but is extremely consistent, would be Isaac Smith. Um, you know, he got 100 and oh, basically he's, he's got close to 100 the last three or four weeks and running everywhere. And, you know, he keeps a couple of goals and playing well. He's not going to be like your huge, huge scorer like a Fife could be. But, um, you know, I think he's priced at 477. So that could be a good option too. And then you can switch him into the midfield, uh, forward mid if you need be. Say you got like a Marshall out or something like that. Yeah, I'd say he's more an option for a dusty replacement, which we'll talk about soon in the forward line. But even then, it's a bit of a bit of a stretch, I think. I think you're just trying to talk him up because he's in your draft team and you're trying to talk yourself up how good of a pick he was in your draft team. Uh, but uh, he's an option is he my draft for team, the is forward he? line. I didn't realise, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well done, Reese. Not a bad pick. I wouldn't still wouldn't say an awesome pick. He's averaging, what, 87 for the year? So... Uh, He's had a couple of good games recently, so just uh, don't get too far ahead of yourself, Reese. Yeah, but you have a look at his five round average, which is uh, over a hundred. That's pretty good. That's pretty good going, considering his first few games are pretty dog shit. Yeah, not bad. Another option in the midfield for if you've got a bit more cash, 
I'd say is um, Lions potentially. So Lions has had another cracking year. He's down to 583K now. He's had a couple of just, you know, not bad games, but just a bit lower games. So he's at 583K and his run home looks very good as well. His run home is, let me just bring it up. His next five games, he has got Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Frio, Collingwood, and then West Coast. West Coast haven't been that good this year. So he's got a good run home. Um, and he's averaging 117.8 for the year. So I reckon he's not a bad option if you have a bit more cash and 580K. Yeah, but if you're going to go for Jarrah Lyons, I'd go for Ollie Wines over him. Yeah, would you? It's interesting. I don't think I would. Why is well, that? he's cheaper and he's... Well, he's, he's average for the season, you know, seven points less, but you know, his last few weeks have been booming. Like, he's 154 last week, um, 115 over the last five rounds. It's better than Jared Lyons. It's better than Clayton Oliver. It's better than, I don't know, pretty much most people. So, I think if you if you were going to go Jared Lyons, I'd go Ollie Wines, who only 5% of teams have. He's got not a bad run home either, except he has to play GWS in the first round of finals, which could get tagged. And then, but both more likely to get tagged, I guess. But then the last round, he has to play Bulldogs in the grand final. So it's a tough one in the grand final. But yeah, he's an, he's an all right option anyway. He's a decent option also, not too expensive, 578K. Any others you boys want to chuck in there or should we move on to the forward line options? The other one that I think would be a good option is Hugh McCluggage for only 471. He's the sort of guy that goes on big runs and he's just coming off 100 and, uh, 121. So if he gets back to the form that he was in sort of midway through the year, he was, he went like, he had like uh, six, six big scores in a row uh, in the middle of the year. But then he also has some low scores. He has some low scores at the start of the year and he's coming off some low, a stretch of low scores as well. But he's a big sort of high risk, high reward player if you want to have a go for um, a cheaper. But I still think the best option for the price range is uh, Cam Guthrie. Yep. And McCluggage is one I'll be interested in looking at for next year. I think he's still only getting sort of 20, maximum 30% CBAs at Brisbane. But if he can up that number to 50, 60% next year, I reckon he'll be a gun. So he'll be one I'll look, be looking at starting next year. Um, but and Neil's injured too, isn't it? I heard Neil's injured. He just had a stinger on his shoulder, so they were worried he had to get stop training because he hurt his shoulder, but apparently it was just a stinger, they said, and he should be playing this weekend. But, yeah, because of that, I still wouldn't be going near him for now. Seems like it's too much injury risk to trade in now. Is, it, is, is, is a stinger like the the same as stopping a pussy and getting <laughs> Pretty much. I think the coach said afterwards, what's wrong with her? They looked at the scans. There was nothing wrong. So he's like, all right, you're a pussy. Why just stop training, basically? That's what it's so like. A, it's like a chunter injury, that one. Like, oh, I've done my ankle, but you, you didn't really. You just got like stood on or something. Yeah, something like that. All right, let's move on well, to the forward line option. I'm oh, sorry, Doss. One more very left field option for the midfield is Chris Main from Collingwood. Mm. I've got him in draft. He's been going really well. He gets over 100 almost every week, but he's a bit expensive now. He's 503. But uh, yeah, he's he's been really good for draft, but. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. option. Maybe Dice, Dyson Heppel as well is another one playing off that back flank because he's only a midfielder and super coach, yeah. but I think he's been scoring pretty well as also. 
Yeah, he's been doing really well. He's like the Jack Zeeble. If you had a good Dyson Hevel at the start of the year, you'd be happy. Yeah, he was only 320 at the start of the year, hey, and he's averaging 98.6. Yeah, yeah not bad, but... Um, yeah. yeah, and one more, Brad, one more is Brad Crouch, who's starting to play really well for St Kilda. He's only 490. Yeah. yeah, he just has up and down games, though. He can score really high. He's got a high ceiling, but he can have down games as well, just in the 80s or... Yeah, he's had a couple of yeah. games here. One was 33, one was 55. So he can have really shocking games, but he does have the ceiling. Yeah, plenty of options anyway. Plenty of options. Well, um, plenty of options. Chanta just messaged me and he said, um, what about Jack Steele? He's a pretty good option too. Well, thanks, Chanta. Thanks, Chanta. Yeah, if I've got 690K to spare, then I'll probably bring him in. You know another good option, Chanta? Darcy Parrish. He's yeah. another great option as well, I reckon. We should all get him in. <laughs> Just 690 yeah, Jack, well. Steel, Jack Steele's actually been playing okay lately, so maybe <laughs> maybe we should be getting him in. But, you know, it's 694,000. Sorry, Chanta, mate. You missed the boat once again. Hmm. All right. Now let's move into the forward line. So Dusty went down with a big injury. Old BT thought it might have just been some bruised or broken ribs and he'd be right for next week. But he's done his old kidney. Poor Dusty, and he's out for the rest of the season. So a lot of people obviously have Dusty. I think all three of us have him. So we need to advise our listeners on what the best trade target for Dusty is. He's not worth too much cash, unfortunately, because he hadn't been going that well recently. I think he's only at 440-something K. So to upgrade him, you need to have a bit of cash in the bank for a few options. There's very few lower than 440 5k but we'll see what we can do here i've got a list of a few players and their prices you boys tell me what you think of these and which ones are the best options here it's the only one i've got here which is actually lower than dusty's price is shea bolton so shea bolton's at 421k i think that's actually pretty good value considering you'll probably get um dusty's center bounce attendances as well so he should play a lot of midfield so i reckon he's a good option but then we've got Dugowie at 490k who's been killing it lately We've got Marshall at 465K, but he does have to miss a week this week due to the isolation. Got Hawkins at 460K, Bailey Dale 480K, Hind 482K, Jake Stringer at 488K. What do you boys think of those, Doss? Yeah, well, they're all pretty good options. Um, I think the safest one is Rowan Marshall, but you've got to wait a week. And you've got to decide how important is this week for you? Do you really want to go all out this week? Or do you want to just leave Dusty on your bench, wait a week, see if anyone gets injured, see what you need to do, and then trade next week? There's 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 pluses and minuses of both those situations though. Let's say this week, let's say you've got some trades left and you don't you hold off and you wait for Dusty, you might get another injury, and then you've got like two injuries that you've got to cover. And you're in finals, you've got two injuries you've got to cover and you can't cover both. So there's pluses and minuses of, of both. If you hold off and you don't get any injuries this week, it's ideal to wait. But, you know, it's the risk you take with Supercoach. So I'm still unsure what I'm going to do yet. But I'm looking at, I'm definitely looking at Shea Bolton just to, because uh, he's the only one I can sort of afford at the moment. Um, or the other option I could do is trade out one of my rookies, trade them down to like a, 102k rookie that's not going to play make sure they're sort of forward mid make some money and then you can trade dusty to whoever you want like you can trade dusty to a danger field or a um 
yeah, Dangerfield would be the one I'd trade him to. I don't have him yet. But um, the other one, the other best forward that you go for is Dunkley. But once again, you have to wait for Dunkley. Dunkley. So, yeah, all those options. But you didn't mention Reese's boy, Isaac Smith. So he's another one that you could look at for about the same price as Dusty. Yeah, that is true. Is uh, Isaac Smith your preference, Reese, or would you take someone else off that list? Glad that you mentioned David because, you know, this is what we're about on the pod. We, we want to come up with left field options and options that people wouldn't think of. And, and Isaac Smith has been playing some really good footy since he's moved over to Geelong and in particular last six or seven weeks. Um, so one, will you be uh, trading him in then, Reese? You have Dusty, right? Will you be trading Dusty to Isaac Smith? I do have Dusty. And, and look, I've, I've got a little bit of cash in the bank. So I'm tossing up between Zorko, Bailey, and then, you know, the rest I don't really feel that comfortable with. Um, Isaac Smith would definitely be in the... I've got to be honest, he's probably between him and Dale at the moment. And I'm leaning towards Isaac Smith because Chanta called Bailey Dale and I don't want to do anything Chanta says because he's a frog. <laughs> so, um, for that reason, don't choose Bailey Dale, everyone, because Chanta doesn't know what he's talking about and he's a flog and he will curse him. So, um, yeah, I think he's pretty good. One that you haven't mentioned and one that I already do have is Nick Hind. Uh, he's been playing some really good football. He didn't play that great on the weekends. He got 74, but he's averaging 93 and he's 480, um, which is just a small step up, really. Isaac Smith's 477. Um, the only other one that I really think would be good would be, um, like Doss and you said, was Shy Bolton. You know, 420, can't go past that. Taron Thomas is a bit hit and miss, I think. Um, one other one that has been playing good footy for Geelong too is Tom Atkins. Didn't play that great on the weekend, but can produce. So it's really, I think if you go for like a key forward or one of those defenders that are playing in the, as classified as a forward, you're, you're risking maybe getting a low game, but you could get a high game. So... Up in the air, Aaron Hall, I think, is a little bit expensive now. Yep. For me, out of those options, I do like Jordan Degoe, actually, to be honest. And it's not just because I'm a pious man. He's got a three-round average of 117, five-round average of 107 um, at 490K. I reckon he's good buying. Stringer is also not bad. He's been playing a lot of CBAs, but Dylan Schill has to come back in and just it's hard to, tr it's hard to trust the, the old package. Um, so for me, Jordan Nagoli would be the pick out of those, to be honest. He's getting a lot of mid-time now. And I think uh, Harvey's going to keep playing him in the midfield there. So I reckon he's Who a good option. Who wasn't that said the package weeks ago? Because if you got on him there at like 250, 280K, you would be raking it in. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been Doss, might have been you, Callum, but that is a great call. Yeah, I believe that was me. I did actually pick him up in my draft team, but then I got rid of him after he got a 28. I think I said that, and then he got a 27 the next game because it was a game where it was raining or something, or something like that. And then since then, he's gone on. Well, he had a 22 when he got injured, actually. He had another injury in round eight against GWS. Um, but since then, he's gone on and had a pretty good run. Genuine mm. match winner. Dugowie, too. Genuine match winner. Uh, I don't know if you can trust him. If you want to do a real left field option and pick up some cash for Dusty, so you could pick up, say, 200K 
if you went Dusty to Daniel Rioli. Daniel Rioli's had a change of role now and he's playing in the back line. And uh, he scored 83 on the weekend. If he's going to keep scoring 80s, you could make 200K. And then 80 for a forward is not terrible. And then you get 200K where you could upgrade something else and you could get, say, um, Daniel Rioli and another good player instead of just like one one upgrade to, uh, say, Dangerfield or something like that. Because if you upgrade to Dangerfield, it's going to cost you 200K. So it's going to cost you two trades. I like so, that option. I really do like that that thinking better than going for a primo forward because there ain't there's there's no primo forwards that you can really get. Like Zorko's out of reach. Dale you could get, but you know, Evil's out of reach. Like, yeah, I, I would go for like a a mid mid price doing all right and then upgrade somewhere else in your back line or midfield. Yeah, and the other one that you could look at is Jack Rewalt at only 347,000. Um, he could start hitting form, and he usually does hit form come finals time. So he's the other one that has a high ceiling, but he's also got uh, he's also can go low as well. So yeah, if you want to take some risks, they're the ones to do if you if you're really stuck. Yep, some left field options, and that's what we like to have on the on the pod. Give people a few different ways to look at things. So. Uh... Thank you for that, Doss. Can I toss one more out too, Callie? Sure can, Reese. Go for it. Buddy Franklin. Mm, interesting. Well, he, he's expensive though, isn't he? I think he's a great pick, but he's expensive. Yeah, it's 450. 450K now. Yeah, that's, that's probably a bit expensive. I prefer to go Bolton than Franklin. Yeah, so he's almost a straight swap for Dusty. You just need 5K to upgrade. Um, mm. So if you do have five or six k and just looking to do a straight swap and you've got no other trades left, then he's potentially an option. But I'd probably still prefer Shea Bolton over him. But he is hitting some form. But the old buddies had one thirty, one thirteen, had a forty two, so down. Then one hundred five, so three out of four hundreds in the last four games. Not bad. Yeah, high risk, high reward with Buddy. Yep, for sure. That's one you might want to look at his run home and see, but if Sydney are already guaranteed to make finals and they can't make the top four, then they might rest him as well as the other risk. So yeah. you just got to think about that as well. All right, so that about covers for the forward line. In terms of rookies, there's not many trade-in options. If you did want to downgrade to a rookie to make some cash and upgrade, for example, you need some cash to get Dusty up, there's not much to trade to. There's Sam Durham, who had his first game for Essendon. He has a negative seven break even, only 102K. So I think they liked him, but he's only played one game, so he's not quite in the bubble yet. The other one is Oliver Henry. He's already played five games for Collingwood, but all the games have been pretty shit. I think he might have been medical sub a couple of times. He's only 125K, but he's negative four break even. So that's really the only couple of op rookie options you have to trade in there. Yeah, I don't um, mind going down. I don't mind going all the way down to a rookie that's not going to play. Like uh, if I've got two players in my forward bench right now that are rookies that are both playing in um, Waterman from Essendon and that Madden from Brisbane. So if you can go a rookie, like I'm looking at this Tariq Newchurch from Adelaide. He's only 102,000. He's a mid forward. So what I can do is use um, an emergency. And the good thing about Adelaide players, often Adelaide have their games on Sundays for some reason. So if you can choose a team, it's hard to see the fixture right now. But um, you want a team that plays often on Sundays, which means you can loophole the players around. 
So um, this week, if I go him, I can put, say, I think Madden has a Saturday morning game. So I can put Madden as an emergency. If he plays well, put him onto the field and take uh, Waterman off the field because Essendon have their game on Sunday. So if you can get a player like that, he's only 102,000. So you make an extra 20K or whatever it is. And you're probably not going to be able to make money from a rookie that's playing anyway. So I don't mind having a non-playing rookie sitting on my bench, especially if they have mid-forward um, potential as well. So what uh, David's saying is basically choose any rookie that's about 2,000. Well, no, I wouldn't. Money come up to finals. No, I wouldn't say that because I was looking at a Gold Coast player and Gold Coast always seemed to play Saturday morning. So you wouldn't be able to do the emergency loophole if you have a Saturday morning team playing. So it seems to be the same team seem to play early in the week versus later in the week. Gold Coast always get the Sunday morning game because no one watches that game. So don't get a Gold Coast rookie. Get a, get a, get a team that plays uh, Sundays. Collingwood seem to play Sunday all the time as well. So there's this Ashley Johnson, who's, but he's only forward. Yeah, we are now and out of a shit. We used to play Fridays and Thursday nights, but now that Collingwood shit, we're playing on Sundays instead. We're Friday this week against the Port for the Prison Bar Clash, but we'll probably be back to Sunday next week. So yeah, so usually West a, Coast, I, like, I think West Coast plays Sundays. Frio maybe. Yeah, so those sort of teams. Look for those sort of players, I reckon. But don't yeah, don't get a Richmond or a Port Adelaide player or a Geelong player because they always seem to play the early games. Yep, true. Brizzy as well. All right. And then just uh, one last thing. I want to just do a couple of shout-outs to a couple of players who are in some ripping form just to look forward to next year. So one is Sean Darcy. He's got a three-round average of 177 points. And that's with a score on the weekend where I think he got injured at the start of the fourth quarter, but he still managed 155. So he's just killing it lately. And he's probably going to be a really good option for the, the ruck pick next year. I'm looking at Grundy and, and Sean Darcy as the two picks next year with Gorn. Gorn scores waning a little bit lately. And uh, old Sammy Walsh, recent like him, he's got a three-round average of 163 after a huge 193 on the weekend. So I just want to shout out those two players who are in some ripping form. Huge package too. Huge <laughs> package. Great heat map. Also the big kahuna might be good next year as well. Yeah, oh, you, you would say that, wouldn't you, David? Because he's your... <laughs> You would right. say that because he he's your the love child of you and Melanie from Kahuna. So, <laughs> all right. So yeah. moving on now, I think that's all we had to cover for the points. We'll move on to 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 Ross's mailbag questions from our listeners. So first up, I've got one here from a young lady named Alexis. So Alexis would like to ask. Who the hell are this Melanie from Kahuna? Why does she get all the attention on podcasts? Don't my boys know that I am number one fan of Bintang and of Ross Review Podcast? I think Melanie tries to steal my hubby too. Please, everyone, pay respect me and my feelings. I just want everyone happy and Chanta make finals. I pray for Chanta every night before sleep time, but I don't think it works. Love, Alexis, XOXO. Thank you, Alexis, for writing in. It's uh, good to see someone, someone supporting Chanter and someone's praying for him. But as she did mention, I don't think it is working, um, as we've seen from Chanter's state lately. But, um, yeah, what's going on there? Do you, do you think we're 
focusing a bit too much on Mali and not enough on young Alexis there, Dos. What do you reckon? Well, that sounds exactly like Chunt is working together with Vinny to be Alexis. So uh, that <laughs> clears that one up. Um, but yeah, Melanie's been writing into the show more than Alexis. So if Alexis starts writing into the show, we'll answer her questions like we do with everyone. Yep, that's fair enough. Are you we don't married know. to Alexis, David? Isn't isn't Alexis your wife? No, Chunt is not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny could so, be so are, are you are you saying that to Melanie from Kahuna? You're single and available. No, Mel- Melanie's fine. She got she got another bloke. I've seen I saw her on Facebook with some other bloke. So she's fine. Don't worry about Melanie. All right, let's move on. So next question we have here is um one from Joel. This one's more super coach related. So Joel would like to ask, uh, can we please get another? Can Chanta make the finals analysis? So there's only one round left before finals, as we know, and Chanta has got quite a bit of percentage to make up. He needs to get, so Rod's above him on the ladder in eighth, so he needs to take out Rod. He needs to take Rod's spot in order to make finals, and he plays Rod this week. So he needs to make up a percentage gap of 3.14%, quite huge to make up within one round. And I've crunched the numbers to see how much you'll need to win by against Rod to actually make finals. And he is mathematically still a chance, but he'll need everything to go his way. Absolutely. Um, to get the job done and make finals, but he is a chance. So basically what he'll need to beat Rod by in order to make finals is a margin of 553 points. So basically if Chunter can score 2,550 and Rod scores sub 2000, then Chunter will make finals. Rude boys reckon he's a chance to do this week, that this weekend. What do you reckon, Ross? Jump I'm just going to jump in here, David. Sure, Ross. Absolutely fucking pathetic he is. <laughs> joke, joke of a super coacher, joke of a footballer, joke of a human. The bloke is absolutely useless. And to be honest, like, the, the fact that he's still mathematically possible is is beyond me because he is rubbish. So you go, Rod. I reckon if you make finals, you can do some damage, son. But Chanta is just... You know what? I hope Chanta makes it. I really do hope he makes it because I would love him to be in the podcast for just one more week so we can bag him out one more week. Mm, looking at Chanta's team... Looks like he's got some issues. Like Pymore, I think, has an injury. And then his bench covers Brandon Walker and Will Shaw. So he's not going to get any – he needs to he needs to somehow get rid of one of those three to have his defence fully upgraded. Um, apart from that, the rest of his defence is okay. Looking at his midfield, his midfield is okay. It's full primo, but he's got some underperforming primos there. Like he's got Travis Boak and Taranto. Josh Kelly is a concern for him. He's got three uh, Cawthorn players on his bench that aren't really doing anything. He's got Gundy and Groner in his ruck. He's got, they, all should, they should be playing this week. Um, his forward line looks pretty... Uh, his forward line's... Yeah, he's going to struggle, I think, because he's got Oliver Henry and... He's already got Jack Guinevan on his bench, and I heard he's going to make his debut this week. I heard it's Jack Guinevan, isn't he? Yeah, but, but Chanta's got 10 trades left, David, for finals. Yeah, so, but he needs to make... He needs to make a couple of big trades this week, I would say. And he's even if he's got a lot of trades, really all he can do is downgrade one and upgrade one. So really he's only going to make his team better by one player. 
He's still got Joe Danaher and Alec Waterman playing in his forward line, and he's got Dusty Martin. So even if he's got 10 trades, you can't make all 10 at once. So I don't see Chanta winning by 500 points. This is why, David, at the midpoint of the season, we said to him, you need to start upgrading, you need to start using trades. He laughed at me for, for not having that many trades left. By the way, I've still got four and money in the bank. But no, no, he laughed at it. Because he yeah, said, was, oh, he's the big dog and he's starting to get wind. He's winding up towards finals. But what good is being winding up if you don't make finals? Yeah, and if he's got three injuries, uh, he's going to need... He needs more than two trades this week. So, yeah, he's going to struggle, I think. I think Rod will, will get in easily. I think his only chance is if he can hire somehow hire a Russian hacker to hack into Rod's Supercoach account and switch all his players, rookies to on-field just before the game and switch his primos off and to captain a, a non-playing player. I think that's the only chance he has to win, really. So, uh, Chantra, I'd be getting on freelancer.com, trying to find a Russian hacker and, uh, and paying a few bucks for that. Because that's the only way finals this year. Conversely, Chanta, maybe you need to find a chopper read or something to go to the footy match and carve a couple of people with a, with a <laughs> 22 something like that. Otherwise, son, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, unless done. There's, or unless there's just a breakout and then a few of uh, Rod's players get done with uh, COVID isolation this week and he's saved by that somehow, a few of the uniques, then I think that's the only way that uh, Chanta's going to make it through. So, Good luck to you, Chanter. You're going to need a miracle. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Chanter, he's got a question for the podcast. Um, seems a little bit sore here. I think he knows he's not going to make finals, but he'd like to ask, why is Rod in the eight and I'm not? He doesn't even deserve to be there, and I do. I'm the big dog of the comp, and he's just a little pup getting dragged along by the leash of luck. He's got about a 1,000 points more scored against... Uh, less scored against him than me. Life just isn't fair. Well, sometimes life isn't fair, Chunter, but uh, as we like to say, there's no luck in the super coach. It all comes down to coaching ability. So you've got no one to blame but yourself there, Chunter. You put yourself in this position and only you can get you out of it. So we've done all we can to give you advice on this podcast. So if you didn't take it on board, then that's your own fault. What do you, you say, David? You can only you can only play the team that you're playing this week, isn't that right, David? You can't go That's on. That's right, yeah. and, and you know what? You know if, if if you can't get the wins early on the year, then you're behind the eight ball. And Enchanter just clearly hasn't done that. And I believe that Rod's been in this competition for longer than Chanter, and I believe that Rod's actually won this competition. So I would call Rod more of a big dog than Chanter. Um, yeah, he hasn't had the best year this year, but Rod's done enough to get through to finals, whereas Chanta hasn't. Chanta had one good year, and that was last year, and that's because we had the Chanta files. So to call himself a big dog after one good year, I just don't think it's appropriate. I think Chanta should apologise to Rod. Have you got an apology yep. yet, David? Second that. He still hasn't, hasn't apologised to me yet. I'm still waiting, but uh, I won't be getting uh, an apology, I don't think, and I won't be getting a carton of beer for Sydney. It, it would just be like the cartons of beer. He, he won't give an apology. He won't give a carton of beer, and he'll probably become a recluse off to his little video games. And, in fact, um, the rumour has it, uh, David, that he's left Melbourne altogether. He's, he's gone out of the home of AFL and gone to Tasmania. So my sources tell me. <laughs> oh, well, move up to Brisbane, not further away from it. Yeah. 
All I can say, Kalen, is is pretty pathetic. Pretty pathetic from from the young fella after talking himself up so highly throughout the year. It's a shame because you've been been talking. It's a shame that you've been talking him up all year, Reese, and you finally come to your come to your wits and set you're calling him pathetic now. Finally, you're calling him pathetic right (laughs) at the end of the year. uh, I know it's good to to see you change your tune there, Reese. Yes, I know. I know. And you know what? Put it this way, if, if you can be outplayed by Butcher and Joel and make and you don't make finals, absolutely fucking pathetic. Go have a good hard look at yourself, pal. Have a look in the mirror, have a look at yourself and do better. All right, we've got one time for one more question today. One more I've got on the list here anyway. I don't know if you boys have a couple as well, but I've got one here from a from a man named Harry Taylor. A few people might have heard of him, played a, played a few games there for Geelong. Old Harry would like to, to say or to ask, does Doss want to revisit my earlier question on getting in my old mate Buddy? By the way, I'm basically the Doss of Geraldton footy with 50 goals in nine matches this season. What do you reckon, Doss? You want to reconsider his earlier suggestion? And he's, he's given... He's given it sounds like he's giving you a compliment, but he's actually complimenting himself there, um, saying that he's snagged 50 goals in nine matches. So well done there, Harry. What do you reckon, Doss? Uh, we mentioned Buddy already on the show, and as as we so as I pretty previously mentioned, it's a bit risky getting him in because, um, as you rightly say, Kalen, he may be arrested um, coming up to finals. Um, so yeah, probably no. I, I'm looking at other players. Uh, for the same value, just for the risk factor, you don't want him. You don't want him not playing because he's being rested. That would be a big um, blight on picking him so early now with four rounds to go. But I think we. I think I did mention when he first asked that question. I think I did said say uh, wait till finals, and then if you have an opportunity to get him, that would be the time to get him. But at the time when he asked the question, it was definitely no. Now there's four rounds to go, and you want to have a big a bit of a risk. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could take him if you really wanted to risk. But I think they're safer options, like we mentioned, like Shy Bolton is probably a safer option. But thanks yep. for the question, That's Harry. Fair, fair enough. Thank you, Harry, for uh, for dialing in. Any other questions from you boys that you had there? I was just going to say on the the uh, question from um, Harry. Um, really good question because David flat out said no earlier on the year and. Um, I'm really glad that David has acknowledged that, yeah, perhaps he isn't a bad option, you know. Um, acknowledging one's bad calls in the past is is something that we relish on the on the, on the podcast. Um, but, yes, I think even though Harry's kicked 50 goals in nine matches, it probably doesn't match the 120 David kicked in about nine matches for the um, Tigers in the Lofty Cup. So, Harry, maybe you need to have a good hard look at yourself, pal, and start comparing yourself to someone else. And in my defence, saying no to Harry Frank, uh, to Harry Franklin or Lance Franklin at the start, I'm looking at Lance Franklin now. He's ranked 44th as a forward. He's averaging 86.5. Um, he's missed numerous games. Uh, he's had a couple of scores below 50. Um, so I think uh, my... 86 is a pretty good average. It's a pretty good average, but not if you want to win Supercoach. So I think for my comment uh, back then, I think it's still the right decision. He's only had 
one, two, three, four. He's only had five scores above 100 all year. So I stand by my decision earlier, earlier in the year when Harry asked me that question. Um, but look, if you want to finish ninth or, or so, yeah, it would have been a good pick to pick Lance Franklin. But um, I'm, I'm a second in the ladder. Relaxed, no stress on board for this week. And it's because I don't have these sort of players in my team. So once again, thanks for the question, Harry. And uh, good luck. Hope, hope you kick more goals. He could be getting warmed up for uh, the end of the year. He looks like he's since round 10, he's averaging 94. So that's a bit better. But he has missed uh, one game in that time also. But um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a risk. If you want to take a flutter on him, then you can. But there's uh, definitely risk involved. All right. Well, if there's no other questions, we might wrap it up there. So thanks to all our listeners for joining us as always. Thank you, Doss and Ross, for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. I think we've been very insightful uh, leading to the final round before finals. So um, yeah, good luck, everyone. And, and thank you, boys. Thanks, thanks Kylan. It's been great to be here today. And I'm very disappointed that Chuck couldn't be here. Um, once again, he said he was going to be, but didn't. So um, we... We really hope the young fella's doing okay after, um, yeah, this pod's after named after him and we all, we're all out there for you, buddy. So take care of yourself. He might come back next week. Let's see. He might come back for the finals. He might come back. Once he's kicked out, he might have uh, the weight of off his shoulders and he might just be free to come on and actually enjoy himself. So we'll see. He might want to host. Maybe you have to let him host. I'm happy to do that. I'm always happy for Chanta to come on and host if he wants to. Let him be the big dog and direct things and throw his weight around. <laughs> Pseudo big dog. Pseudo big dog. More more bark than, than bite. <laughs> I'm not for that. If Chanta's going to host, I'll put it out to you, Chris. If you want to host, you come on next week, pal. All right, there you go. It's been thrown down. The ball's in your court, Chanta. All right, thanks to everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye for now.